0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses.
1: Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a
0: new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Coyazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Cuiasso, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, my friend?
1: It's going great. Uh, You know, enjoying this Kentucky weather out here. Uh, Almost done with the work week. uh, And boy, is 2022 picking up. Uh, I don't know about everybody, all the listeners out there, but uh, it's definitely picking up for our business. And uh, I'm excited. And uh, yeah. And nervous, I guess, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> for no, 2022, because it's the unknown is out there. So, what about you, Raphael?
0: Yeah, I know for sure. And for those of you guys who are listening, Jeff's been uh, riding a lot of business recently. At least bidding on a lot of business. So, I'm sure he's going to close, you know, a good percentage of that. And it should be a pretty solid year. And similar to me, similar to you, I've been getting a lot more activity recently as far as you know investment properties concerned. A lot of people I'm working with looking to do exchanges, looking to do, you know, they, they, they sold maybe some residential property now, looking to get more on the commercial end in some capacity, whether that's multifamily, retail, industrial. So, again, I've been getting a lot of activity on that front. And on the business end, same thing. They want to buy business buildings or lease buildings as well. So, it's been super active for me. And, uh, you know, luckily, we had a phenomenal conversation today, as I'm sure you would attest to it as well, Jeff, with Patty Asai. Uh, she's a senior vice president at First Bank SBA. Along with a uh, social media personality, her TikTok is absolutely awesome. I'm, I follow her on TikTok, and she does provide a lot of great in, insights with, uh, you know, on 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 etiquette, both personal and business, and then also some financial advice uh, for young professionals and people who are at, a, at various stages within their career. And so, as far as the things we talked about today, uh, we talked a little bit about her backstory. Uh, she was an immigrant originally to this country when she was, I think, six years old and learned English, uh, didn't, ha- didn't know a word of English, and eventually uh, became a lawyer and then got into the commercial finance space. So we talked a little bit about you know, her transition from being a lawyer in- into the banking side. We also talked about some of the early struggles in her career, uh, going from a lawyer uh, position to a sales role and then eventually climbing the ranks within the bank in order to achieve her current status, which is the senior vice president, very senior member within her organization, uh, we talked about some of the struggles there. We also talked a little bit about what the SBA is and then some of the offerings that the SBA offers to business owners that are looking to buy their own physical building or maybe finance equipment or various other things pertaining to their business, whether buying an apartment. There's there's so many things you can do with these S- SBA financing options that could be beneficial to you as a business owner. Uh, we also touched on some of the etiquette tips that, that you should follow if you are, in fact, uh, soliciting a loan from a a loan officer or, or, or another lend, a lending institution so that the process goes smoothly and, and, and seamlessly. And then finally, we touched on a little bit regarding the diversity within the industry. Similar to the commercial real estate industry, the finance industry is very male-dominated. Um, and so she talked a little bit about some of the initiatives that we could take as an industry to be able to improve the diversity uh, within the ranks, both on the gender side and also on the uh, background as far as your color creed etc so i thought it was a phenomenally insightful podcast and you know patty's just a joy to talk to um and you know i really enjoyed our conversation so jeff what did you think
1: yeah Patty was definitely a delight to talk to um uh, like you said um her social media presence definitely uh sh- lets her personality shine and it actually will shine through this podcast and i can't wait for you guys to take a listen Definitely. No, I I mean, I I truly enjoy this podcast and it is our
0: 50th episode as well, which is super exciting. Uh, I know we did mention that uh, outside the call and Patty was excited to be part of that as well. And, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. You got, we couldn't have gotten this far without you guys. We greatly appreciate all your support. If you guys are listening to this on a podcast format, whether that's Apple podcast or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. We've seen a significant uptick in our downloads and it continues to give us the motivation to continue to produce great content for you guys and bring in great guests like Patty to be able to deliver some insights to you guys as well. So hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into the episode. Well, hey, Patty, great to see you this fine morning.
2: Nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks oh. for coming on.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. And and, and Patty's tuning in from LA, uh, sunny LA. It's It's pretty uh, dreary over here in louisville so uh, i used to live in arizona and, and i have a lot of friends in california and so they're always kind of texting me like oh what's the weather over there you know <laughs> give me a hard time so. i know <laughs> i know i love i love it when they give me a hard time about the weather but uh really first off we're just super honored to have you you know i've been following you a little bit on on social media and you know i've, I've done several a lot of research on you as well prior to the call and you know you just have a really impressive background. I think it's going to be awesome to kind of dive in and learn a little bit more about your story. And so typically when we start our interview, we like to learn a little bit more about the person who's across the table from us. So if you don't mind kind of sharing your story, that'd be awesome.
2: Sure, so um, I don't know how far back you wanna go, but you know, I, I came to this country as an immigrant. I came when I was seven, I didn't speak a word of English. Um, I had dyslexia, ADHD, I had all of that. So I had, and I come from a very underserved background. So I had a lot to overcome to get to where I am today. Um, but you know, just with, through hard work and dedication, I made it through law school. And um, I was a prosecutor for about five years at the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. And then I moved to California, and um, I have been in finance since 2001. So, yeah, I just kind of fell into it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And oh, you, wow. So you came to the U.S. when you were six. My dad, so my dad's Puerto Rican. My mom's Italian. So mm-hmm. I was born in Northeast Italy, and I didn't speak English until I was six either. I and mean, we traveled oh, okay. a ton around Europe. So where did you end up when you first moved to the U.S.?
2: We first moved to Beaumont, Texas, that fabulous (laughs) metropolis. Yeah. And people always ask, like, why did you go to Beaumont? And I think what non-immigrants don't understand is you go where you have family. So I had one cousin in the United States that was in Beaumont, Texas. So that's where we ended up.
0: Yeah. Well, it's similar here in Louisville. We have a very large Cuban community. And so a lot of Cubans come usually either from Miami to Miami, there's, there's a big population right. in Houston, but it's like, wait, like, what are the other cities that we can go to? It's like, well, we have family in Louisville. So a lot of people are just like, oh, let's just go over to Louisville. And so you right. kind of see a significant uh, population of Cubans here. And that's the exact
1: reason why it's like my family's here. So that's where yes, we're going to end exactly, up. So. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So actually uh, what actually got you interested in commercial lending and, and in finance, that's what, I actually want to know, like, what what made you transition from, you know?
2: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, it was really serendipitous. So um, I moved to California. I took the bar. I passed. I was going to go work for a bankruptcy firm. And um, I had a friend of mine who asked me to go to a job fair with him, just for him, not even for me. So I went to the job fair with him, and I was just waiting for him to finish. And Wells Fargo happened to be there. And I started talking to uh, the Wells Fargo person and he was in their merchant services group. And uh, he really liked me and I had done sales before. I was also a waitress for years. And he said, you know what? We would love for you to join our merchant services group. And you know, selling merchant services wasn't like the ideal thing. I was a lawyer, right? Yes. But I asked him, I said, so what are the advancement opportunities within the organization? And there seemed to be a lot of inv- advancement opportunities. And that really caught my eye. And I said, you know what? If there are so many advancement opportunities, I'm willing to take one step back to take two steps forward. So um, I sold merchant services door to door for (laughs) about six months. And um, yeah, it was a wake-up call getting kicked out of businesses. I hate Wells Fargo. Get out of here. You know, that type of thing. But um, after four months, I was the number one producer in the country. And um, two months after that, they gave me a management position, so I slowly started to move up and then I went into the business banking division at Wells Fargo. I was there for about five years where we did do you know, commercial lending, commercial financing. I also went and was in private equity for about a couple of years. I raised money for private equity funds until the market crashed. And then I went back to tr- traditional banking and I was the re- regional manager at um, Union Bank. So i that's kind of how my background is through commercial real estate.
0: That's awesome. And and, and and in that story, you hear the immigrant mentality, where it's like you get in there and you get it done regardless of what obstacles are in your way. And, and I'm sure that's the mindset you had when you took on that new opportunity that you know on the surface may have not been what you currently had with you, but you saw the potential if you are willing to hustle and really just you know build a name for yourself. So that's really cool, and
2: yes, absolutely. You know, as an immigrant, you have no choice but to hustle. Mm-hmm. So any opportunity that's given to you, you just grasp, and you take it, and uh, you make it happen.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, no, and that's a, that's a great story to hear as well. And it, it hopefully it inspires other people that are out listening to this podcast to understand that you know, just because a, a particular opportunity that that you see in front of you may not be exactly what you want, if there's an upside potential, it may be wise for you to consider taking it on sure. and just you know going after yeah. it because the the fruits of your labor could be well worth it. So that's awesome. So, you yeah. know, you, you kind of talked a little bit about some of the early struggles you had, especially in the merchant services process. But as you started advancing in your career, what are some of the other struggles that you faced? Uh, you know, and, there, and then again, in a lending institution and in, in, in a large organization, there's going to be so many dynamics at play. So if you could kind of share some of those insights pertaining to your struggles, I think that'd be awesome.
2: Sure. I think one of the main struggles that I faced was being a woman in a male-dominated industry. So um, a lot of times, you know, I wouldn't be taken seriously, I was always in a room full of men. And even when I outperformed them, I still wouldn't get the praise that, you know, my male counterparts would get and it was just so frustrating to me. Um, And you what you do is as a woman, you have to learn to be your biggest cheerleader. And naturally we're not like that. Naturally we're not, we're taught to, Oh, you know, bragging is is not something you should do versus, you know, you men, God bless you. You guys are out there. You brag about yourself. This is what I did. You puff out your chest. So I kind of had to learn how to do that in a male dominated industry. And that, that that's actually been one of the biggest obstacles that I've had to overcome in my career.
0: Yeah, no and 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 that's great that you hear you say that cuz again it's similar in it's very similar in the commercial real estate industry. I you know and especially in the brokerage community. You know, we we have uh you know a uh, a lady just came on to our brokerage as a broker and she's been facing similar struggles yeah. in her career and you know it's it's very hard to break in and and really advance yourself within a career when you're not necessarily taken as seriously as you should and she's an all-star performer and I think she's right. going to be a phenomenal you know, broker long-term, but the early obstacles can be very, very disheartening. And, you know, sometimes I wish I could provide some insights, but I can't because I don't only really have those type of, the the experiences that she's having. And so, yes. you know, it's kind of interesting to hear you say that because, you know, she, hopefully, you know, she's listening to this podcast and other people are listening to this podcast. They understand that, you know,
1: some other people have gone through it as well and they've overcome it, so. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, with me being a, a commercial general contractor, that's more and more you slowly have seen, women come into our realm. And right. that I mean, they, they're really getting pushed back with that. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's, t- I would say very well dominated by men. And, uh, uh, but I commend them. Cause, uh, I, I like to say that, uh, they're actually better project managers and managing things than, <laughs> than most men because they, they're just very good with details. I mean, yes, if, you, absolutely. if you take a mother who could handle four kids and do work calls at the same time and all that it's like okay they can this you know this woman can handle for sure an entire entire project and uh and i actually want her over the man because i know that you know no matter what it's like fires all around and and she can handle it not a problem exactly so, uh, and, yeah. and you know
2: what to, to your point in saying that um, for all the women out there who are yeah. working mothers that don't have a lot of experience trust me you have relatable skills that can take you into the workplace. You have skills of really how to multitask. Like you were indicating, there's fires going on all around you and you know how to get everything together. So don't ever think that just because you haven't worked in the workplace that you don't have any transferable skills.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, so I, I wanna get kind of back on the, like the, the SBA offers that uh, businesses, business owners get. Um, what are some of the benefits? Can you like kind of walk through a few of those for uh, business owners out there?
2: Sure. So um, let me just give you a little bit of background about SBA financing so that business owners understand. So the SBA program is a program through the federal government where the federal government will guarantee 75% of of the loan. So the feds say, hey lender, if you do a, a loan through this program, if the loan goes bad, we'll give you 75%. So that lowers our exposure as lenders. So we're able to take a little bit more risk. So the types of loans that are done through SBA program are typically not done through conventional financing through a bank. So um, that is really the the benefit. And we will do financing where there is is no collateral, especially at our bank. So most banks, they will require you to have a one-to-one collateral coverage on your loan. So that means for every dollar they lend out, they want you to have a dollar in assets. And the difference between the two is called a collateral shortfall, right? So most banks, that shortfall, they will not finance. But through SBA financing, especially you know through our bank, and there's probably a handful of banks that do it, we will finance that collateral shortfall and thus you're able to get bigger financing.
0: Hundred yeah. percent, oh, yeah, and and I deal. I'm in the brokerage side here in, in Louisville, Kentucky, and so I deal a lot with business owners that are looking at options pertaining to either buying a commercial property or you know funding some equipment uh, within their business, etc. And so a lot of times I do encourage them to look at the SBA route because of that fact. I mean, there's that you can you can finance depending on which program you go with, the seven 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 A or the five hundred four loan. You know, you could have you know finance the actual structure with the five hundred four, or if you just yeah. want you know equipment. Uh, you know, equipment loans or you buying out a partner or whatever, then there's other options as well. And so, you know, it it can offer those lower down payment options, longer amortization periods, usually pretty competitive as far as interest rates are concerned. So, you know, a lot of times I do encourage my clients to look at that route because, you know, although it's not for everyone, it can be a phenomenal way for you to be able to, you know, finance the, the purchase of a commercial property. And another cool thing, which, you know, is something that I've learned about, you know, in my year or two, I've been in the business for about three years now, almost and, you know, there's, there's several people that I've worked with in the past that have have done something where they buy a commercial property and then they occupy 51% of the space and then they lease out the other side. So they yep. have the cash flow coming in from the other side and then they utilize their own, you know, space to be able to kind of house their business. So, you know, that, that could Absolutely. also be something that could, that, that could work as well.
2: Yeah. With only 10% down, right. I yeah. mean, and, yeah. and we have a program that offers a hundred percent financing. So, but even if you don't do a hundred percent, 10% down, that's that, that's a, that's a deal.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, well, Jeff and I were, we were working for a short while with a veterinarian and, and she was two years in the business and then she wanted to branch off and do it on her own. And, you know, depending on what industry you're in, some lenders yeah. will offer you some pretty significant, you know, yeah. packages. I know for vet, for, for them, apparently it was like a hundred percent financing up to a certain amount because yep. apparently veterinarians have a very low default rate. A lot of those medical yep. uses have very low default rates. So they're able to get, you know, pretty favorable financing terms, which is pretty amazing, you know? So uh, definitely, oh, definitely yeah. talk to lenders uh, pertaining to the different options because, you know, the, the standard 20% down, 25% down may not be, right. you know, what you have to go with. So that's awesome. One thing I wanted to talk to you about is, is obviously your social media presence. So, you know, for those of you guys who don't know, Patty is super heavy into social media. She creates a ton of awesome content if you haven't followed her uh, at, at all. Uh, one thing I want to talk to you about was, you know, etiquette tips, because this is something that you talk about a lot on your TikToks yes. and everything else. And so I wanted to wonder if you could kind of share some, some tips, especially for those uh, who are listening to the podcast, you know, we're, we're commercial yeah. real estate uh, podcasts. So we have brokers, lenders, uh, you know, younger, younger investors in their career. So mm-hmm. maybe talking a little bit about, you know, etiquette as, as it pertains to seeking financing, I think that would be kind of helpful.
2: Sure. So um, when it comes to seeking, seeking financing, it's really, really important for you to be very upfront about your current financial situation, okay? Because at the end of the day, we're gonna find out. And there's so many times where people don't tell us things upfront. And then in the end, I find out that they have a felony that they they didn't tell me about, or their PFS, uh, their personal financial statement is not accurate, right? So that's really the, the number one thing. Um, I would say the number two thing is to provide full packages to your lender and don't piecemeal it. Send everything all at once. If you piecemeal it, we will get it, but it will take that much longer for me to work on your loan because I get hundreds of documents a day. So don't piecemeal it. Send me a complete package. And um, lastly, I would say, that you don't know more than the lender does i promise you this so when you know your lender is telling you something there's no reason to push back Um, i mean i always say do your research whatnot but you're going to a lender because they are an expert so you know the most frustrating thing for your lender is if you know they're trying to explain something to you and you're the know-it-all and you push, it's like, okay, well, if you know it all, why are you having me do your loan, right? Or go to somebody else, fine, because they'll tell you the same thing. Um, so those are just the three things I, I would say that you should really focus on and understand that your lender is an expert. And you know, don't be a know-it-all, try to work together. That, that way you'll get the better shot of getting the loan. And at the end of the day, people are gonna work harder for the someone that they like. So if you're a jerk, just subconsciously, your lender's not gonna wanna help you. Cause I know when I get those people that are just jerks to me, I will still do the best that I can, but I can honestly tell you this subconsciously. I am not fighting for that person as I would someone that's nice and polite and cordial. 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and it just creates friction too. I imagine. So yes. like in your case, you know, if someone comes to you and says, look, like I'm, 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 I'm coming to you because I'm looking to get this deal done and I'm, I'm going to defer to your knowledge and you just need to let me know what I need. Yeah. And then they're very cooperative from start to finish. I mean, that, that in and of itself, even if you can't get the deal done, that keeps a good memory in your mind so that maybe down right. the road, if if another opportunity presents itself, you know, who knows what can happen. And and uh, there's yeah. this book, bu- there's this book called The Go-Giver, which, you know, I've read, you know, by Bob Berg and it's that type of mindset. It's like, you always have to have a giving mindset in a situation. Yes. You, there's not, you, you may not always work out in your favor, but if you, if you constantly have that giving mindset over, over time, it all comes back.
1: So, absolutely. So, Patty, I know earlier we kind of touched on this and there's an issue within the CRE and financial industries and that's diversification. Mm -hmm. So my ask with you is since you've went up through it and actually personally done it, what are some like tips and ways that the people in the CRE and financial industries can uh, help diversify their ranks?
2: I think first of all, what What we need to do is we really need to have mentorship programs for women and minorities in our businesses and in our companies. So you have a mentorship program, where you have uh, females and minorities be mentored by someone in the organization. And after that, after the mentorship is over, then they have an opportunity to be placed in the organization. I think that is a really, really great way to first get to know the people, teach them the ropes, and also give them opportunity to get jobs because especially in finance, I mean, women still to this day are still not represented, Um, again, I, I sit in a room full of men still. So in order to have representation, we need to provide opportunity. In order to provide opportunity, we need to provide them with knowledge. So just giving them the knowledge that this is available to you, women, um, you know, women are trying to get a little bit more, or I would say a lot more into finance and just opening the door so they have an idea of how to, how to just make it work.
0: Hundred percent, and I think the efforts you're making too, and people like you are making, where they're starting to distribute information on via social media and and other other platforms, is super helpful as well. Because you know, and again, I I I come from an engineering background myself. That was what I originally did. I had no idea about anything related to the commercial real estate business. It really wasn't something I thought about ever in my entire life. And I just so happened to do research on YouTube, and I started really seeing stuff, and I was like, oh, this seems interesting. Like and eventually made it in there and again it, now that there's a proliferation of information I hope that you know more and more people start to talk about the different merits of different industries and you know leaders like you and uh, others like you can step into the fold and say hey you know come into the industry we want it we want more people of different creeds and backgrounds to be able to make the the, the industry better because you know I'm of the mindset of similar to you where it's, where it's you know it, different ideas and different discussions from different people from all across the world and, and, and really just different backgrounds makes an industry better in general. So, um, Absolutely. I think
1: it's, I think it's amazing. So I really like that idea of a a, a woman mentorship program, uh, cause any mentorship program, no matter what, uh, specific, especially if you, to use women to mentor other women and kind of mm-hmm. help raise those ranks. I think that would be hugely yep. beneficial, uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. especially uh, and even bring in like key speakers to those mentorship programs and other assets and say, like, look, you know, because a woman might think she might want to be here. But once she hears about, okay, the three tiers above that, maybe she's like, okay, well, that's where I actually want to be. So let me that's my career trajectory. So, um, yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. So um, so one of the things that we actually like to uh, ask our uh, guests uh, is what type of book that has impacted your life, and it doesn't have to pertain to finance or CRE. It can be any book of your choosing um, mm-hmm. that's maybe changed your trajectory, your career path, or, uh, sure. or to be personal. Yeah, what what is uh, sure? Um, your-
2: I think the book that has really, really, really changed the way that I do business and in in my work um, is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And that is a phenomenal book because it really teaches you how to be a leader. And not just a manager, but a leader. And I can tell you, um, before I read that book, I was a manager. And um, when I read that book, it really taught me the importance of a team and how to develop a team and how to build a team. And at the end of the day what it, what it truly taught me was that you have to care about your team as people and not as a means to an end to your goal. If they're just a means to an end, they can feel it and they are not going to produce for you the way you need them to produce because it's not about them. It always has to be about your team. How what's what's going to make them better? So as job as my job as a leader is to is to help every single person on my team to achieve their highest potential. And if you do that, everything else falls into place.
0: That's amazing. I I'll have to <clears throat> add that to my list. I've never actually read that book, but you know, yeah, I've great. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, that, I definitely put that on the list to be able to read. Cause yeah. again, you we can, we can always improve as leaders and, sure. you know, I think that that'd be a great way to do it as well. So, well, awesome. Well, Patty, we, we greatly appreciate your time. I know you, you're, you're super busy doing what you're doing in, in LA and we de- definitely appreciate your, your time. One thing we like to ask near the end of the, the podcast episode is, is something we created called the commercial real estate treasure chest. Essentially it's a repository of resources that we make available to our audience. And usually guests have contributed things like, you know, helpful PDFs or eBooks or Excel sheets, etc. So I just wanted to give you the opportunity. What are you willing to contribute today?
2: I'd like to contribute our flyer, which um, provides 100% financing on commercial real estate deals. And um, that is available for buyers who are currently paying rent at their location and either want to buy that location or move to another location, we could do a hundred percent financing and I will provide the flyer. So everyone understands the parameters and can take advantage of the program.
0: For sure. And, and you, and you do deals all across the nation. I want to specify yes. that as well. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Cause we have people tuning in all across the nation as well. So I think this will be a good, good program that they can tap into.
2: Yes. Nationwide.
1: Nationwide. <laughs> <Let's all see. laughs> Patty, we You're absolutely joy. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, going through your story. And we love learning about you. Uh, I know other people are going to want to know more about you and particularly women in the workplace. Um, How can they uh, contact you and maybe uh, talk a little bit more uh, to you?
2: Sure. Um, You can contact me. My email is P-E-H-S-A-E-I at first bank sba all one word.com but you can also find me on linkedin or my uh tiktok handle and instagram is duchess of decorum and you can get all the information of anything you <laughs> want to know about anything on um on my tiktok channel
0: <laughs> i love that yeah no I, I encourage you guys to follow her and she's got you almost have nine hundred thousand followers now right yes that's amazing yes. oh wow yeah, I know it's amazing. It, 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 she has she has yeah. some phenomenal content as well. so if you, if you haven't followed her on TikTok, I highly encourage you to do so. And also through the through the social media uh, handles that she's provided, we'll go ahead and include that in the show notes below. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, feel free to check out the description. We'll include our email and different social links. And if you guys are listening to this in a podcast format, whether that's Apple, Spotify, again, we'll leave that in the show description as well. So again, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you guys are listening to this on a podcast format like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. It's helped significantly with our downloads. We've seen 100% or more increase in our downloads over the last two months as a result of you guys leaving five star reviews. So we greatly appreciate your support. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe to the channel because it really helps with the YouTube algorithm and ensures more and more people can hear this message and learn about the many facets of commercial real estate. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you all next time.